When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Good afternoon slash good evening. Today is Monday, April 11th, 2022. My name is Janice Scurrio. You may follow me at Scurriosa on Twitter. It's S-C-U-R-I-I-O-S-A. Uh, with me, as always, is my inimitable co-host, Abria Whitaker. You may also follow the Chicago Sky Twitter, CHGO underscore Sky Twitter account. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow CHGO underscore sports. Uh, anyway, Sabria, how the heck are you? Good, good evening. Uh, how are you doing on this lovely WNBA draft evening? I'm doing really well. I have my orange WNBA hoodie on. For those who cannot see me, we have the team ball here with all the logos and front and center if you can't see us as well. And so I'm just really excited to see what chaos is about to take over <laughs> WNBA Twitter. Indeed, indeed. In case you missed our last show, we had a special guest, Candice Dupree, there. So some of the big takeaways we had from our conversation with Candice. Uh, so she did mention that the WNBA highlights the same faces of every season uh, and that we do need to tell everyone's stories, which is kind of why we're here. We want to definitely tell a good, diverse amount of stories. Uh, so perhaps we can uh, lean into that and uh, tell different stories as the season goes on. Uh, some of the other uh, things that we talked about with Candice. Uh, conditions for WNBA players have generally gotten better, but of course there's always room for improvement. Uh, for example, player marketing could definitely be better, but this is always this is also largely applicable to Major League Baseball. Uh, so definitely kind of a problem that kind of encroaches all throughout sports. Uh, so Sabria, what were some of uh, your favorite points, or po- your favorite parts of our conversation with Candice last week? Well, outside of the fact that just her sheer presence um, and participation in our show. Um, obviously, that was huge for me as a Sky fan, huge for, I feel like, CSGO Sky and sports overall. Um, but I really liked that she was so candid. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I love the Candid with Candace segment yeah. because she really didn't really hold anything back, even though she had to be politically correct, of course. I really liked how she shared her own experiences about the team she played for, where she lived, and even an instance where the team she played for maybe wasn't as focused on the court as they should have been. So sharing a piece of her story about how that really trickled down into, you know, the walk-ins and how much attention is now going to social media in the league fits, I think it's clear that she provides an insight that you and I could never – 
uh, replace. Right. So I hope that that sets the standard for getting more um, current and retired players in these media spaces to talk about what's really going on behind the scenes that we don't really get to see. Yeah, it was very enriching and very interesting to kind of see her perspective uh, as a, a as a player. Uh, but yeah, definitely, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the episode. Uh, it was our fourth episode, uh, just dedicated uh, to number four, just fours all around, sky and four. But uh, yeah, definitely a fantastic episode of this show. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, so now let's go ahead and cover some news from across the W. Uh, so perhaps the coolest thing I have heard all this week, Chicago is hosting the 2022 WNBA All-Star Game. How cool Allegedly. is that? Oh, oh allegedly. allegedly. It, has, it hasn't been announced officially announced by the league yet. Yes. But, all right, so if this does happen, what does it mean for the city? And, of course, what could this mean for the league? I think it's a really fantastic opportunity to show what Chicago has to offer when it comes to supporting women's basketball uh, specifically. Uh, yeah, Sabria, like, w- what what are the things that you'd be looking the most forward to uh, if this happens? Um. Well, okay, so just to kind of look ahead a little bit, I did include this in today's segment of Court of Law. So I will try and steer away from the points that I'll be making there. But I think it would be a great opportunity considering that we just hosted um, the NBA All-Star Weekend. That's right. Last year, right? I can't even remember. I think like, it was right before COVID, the pandemic. Right, right before yeah. the pandemic. Um, And that was a great time. So just being able to have an experience that and now being able to experience, okay, what does the WNBA version of that look like? Um, and there are a lot of things going on um, that I'll get into later that I think would be really important for the youth. And we talk about growing the game, and I think that's a true opportunity to do so, especially in a city like Chicago where I've always known it to be a basketball city for both our boys and our girls. Right. And I just think it will also be really fun because it's happening after, you know, the championship. And so to me, until someone else wins this trophy, we are the champions. So the champions get to host All-Star Weekend at home. Sounds like a lot of fun. So tentatively, the date is going to be July 10th at Wintrust Arena. A really great opportunity for Chicago to show showcase women's basketball and, of course, grow the game. And, of course, if this happens, it'll be the first year that Chicago hosts the game. Uh, so it was first played in 1999 in New York. Uh, so uh, Lisa Leslie was crowned MVP. Uh, so most recently, Candace Parker, Kalia Copper, Courtney Vandersloot all got all-star status last year. Uh, in case you forgot, uh, Allie Quigley won the three-point contest. Uh, so if you also forgot this part, uh, Candace Parker is also a 2013 all-star MVP with the L.A. Sparks. So really exciting news overall for the city uh, and for the sky as well. Right. So you might be wondering what the sky are doing overseas and also too in the States as well. So uh, we've been talking a lot about the Euro leagues. So uh, Steph Dolson's Sopran Basket uh, wins for the first time after uh, they beat their opponents. Uh, and it's, it's Fenerbahce-Safiport. Oh, my God, that's terrible. Six, six, they won 60-55 in front of a crowd of 9,500 fans in I- Istanbul, Turkey on Saturday. That's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Uh, but... Uh, 
apparently, uh, I did see a video that it seems as if there might be uh, an injury. Uh, so Kalia Copper uh, did perhaps suffer an injury in the, in the EuroLeague Final Four. So it looks like it may be a sprained ankle. But other than that, we really haven't heard much. Uh, hopefully it's not too much to worry about. I did see that Astu Dufal did tweet on Saturday that, uh, yeah, praying for you, sis, I hope it's nothing serious. But otherwise, uh, I haven't heard anything else. Uh, hopefully it's definitely, it, it's just a mild sprain and uh, she'll be to form once the season starts. Sabria, have you heard anything? Haven't heard anything, but I did go check, and from what I saw, she was tweeting and on Instagram afterwards. So hopefully that's a good sign and maybe one of those, you know, no news is good news because hopefully she doesn't necessarily know what's wrong. So I'm assuming, you know, if it's like a more – detrimental injury like an ACL or something like that maybe they could say that immediately but maybe she has to undergo some more um I guess processes to see what's really happening right so we just have to cross our fingers and hold our breath until then yeah, probably she may need to go under uh, some more in-depth evaluation. But yes. I did see that she what she did make an Instagram post, and she did tweet, too. And I, I did see some concerned Sky fans in her mentions. Yes. Uh, but uh, from what we see so far, uh, just crossing our fingers and hoping she'll be uh, okay for the start of the season. Uh, so, so some other uh, Sky news overseas. Uh, so uh, Ruthie and Stu actually uh, reunited in Italy. It was a really heartwarming image. Uh, we saw the two of them, uh, little sis, big sis. Like I, I just love images like this. It just yes. kind of warms my heart. Uh, we also posted this on the CHGO uh, Sky account as well. Uh, definitely, we love all of our old friends. Uh, so really nice to see Ruthie and Stu reunited. Right. So the other fun thing, we'll probably talk more about this next week. Uh, training camp starts soon and the season begins. So I've been really liking uh, Azure Stevens's Instagram countdown where she's just kind of dancing with her dog, looking judgmentally in the background. <laughs> uh, just, uh, yeah, uh, following the players on Instagram is always a hoot. They, they always have a great time with social media. They always like seem to have fun doing it, too. So. Uh, really excited that Azure is excited to get back and uh, yeah, run it back for the sky. Uh, some other sky news. Uh, so, so reports are surfacing uh, that Li Yeru has not been permitted by the Chinese Basketball Federation to play in the WNBA this year. Uh, so, in case uh, you missed it, the sky did acquire the rights to Li from from the Los Angeles Sparks in exchange for Lexi Brown. Uh, she was signed to a rookie scale contract. Uh, so, uh, she is more than likely not going to make the start of training camp. Uh, Sabria, your thoughts on how this is going to affect the roster? I honestly don't know because the fact that she was immediately signed to the rookie contract, to me, tells me that they really felt she was a core piece to the team that they're envisioning. And, of course, other decisions were likely made um, with that in mind so you know I don't want it to end up being like a domino effect where one piece is is missing and it just kind of messes up the flow of everything um, they had going on but I mean hopefully it all works out because since we don't have any draft picks 
we might have to end up doing some more digging with a training camp contract or a trade to get a replacement. This is uh, from the story by Annie Costabel. The best case scenario would have Lee in the United States in a month, but her participation with all the other Chinese players in the WNBA is subject to the CBF's approval. So her agent uh, said that she is currently in the process of applying for a personal passport. Uh, so training camp begins April 17th, so exactly one week uh from today, and the Sky currently have 18 players signed. The maximum uh, number of players allowed in camp at any time is 15, uh, but James Wade knows a number of players will arrive late. So, uh, yeah, this, just some interesting things to mix things up uh, as we head to the beginning of the season. All right. Uh, so, uh, speaking of mixing things up, Oh boy, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But wait, there's more. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Rumor has it there is a super dope Chicago Sky shirt that you can order uh, when you sign up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a testimonial. Uh, someone wore it yesterday and it is indeed awesome. And I ordered it as well and am waiting to get it. So. Yes, yes. Uh, I also have ordered it as well. Uh, so, yes, that is $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll be more than happy to help you out. So, your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA Same Game Parlay. Why are we talking about the NBA? Only with points bet. <laughs> Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your live same game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, and boost live with points bet. And now, online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the points bet app right meow and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So, what are you waiting for? Besides this podcast to finish, uh, once the game starts, don't just bet, live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right now that we've done that now let's go ahead and move on to talking about the WNBA draft it is happening literally right now well not literally right now I think we're only about 13 minutes away from the yes. draft starting so uh you may choose to actually know most of you should be having some sort of dual screen setup, so you could watch us and also watch the draft at the same yes. time. Modern technology is amazing. Yes. So please go ahead and do that. Pull up ESPN and keep YouTube open and uh, watch your favorite Chicago Sky podcasters uh, as you watch. Uh, yeah, your uh, your WNBA rookies. So. All right, so we've got three rounds, 12 players around. Uh, so in theory, one player, a team for each round for 36 total picks. So uh, we've mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, the Sky this year have no picks. 
Uh, so they gave their first round pick away and in that and uh, a three team signed and and trade that sent Diamond to Shields to Phoenix and brought Julie Alleman to the sky. Uh, and also, too, uh, they dealt the second round pick to Dallas in exchange for the Wings 2021 second pick last year. They traded Shyla Heal, this year's third round pick, and the right to swap 2022 first round picks to the Dallas Wings for Dana Evans. Uh, all right. So now that we've got the sky uh, out of the way, uh, we know why they don't have any picks this year. Uh, I want to know a little bit about uh, your uh, predictions and also to uh, who you think are the top draft prospects. All right. So we know that um, from the lottery and and recently a trade. So for those who are not caught up. Atlanta Dream now has the number one pick Mm. in a last-minute trade from Washington that had WNBA Twitter in a frenzy and an uproar that even got some players and a coach involved. Um, Indiana Fever has the second pick, which has worried a lot of people considering that for whatever reason, Indiana just does not like their draft picks. Yeah. As if they're not the ones making them, but that's another story for another episode. And the number three pick will go to a Washington Mystics from Atlanta. So originally with Washington having the number one pick and the Atlanta having the third pick, they switched. And um, the Mystics head coach um, said that they are confident in the top three projected picks. So they felt whether they got the first pick, the second pick, or the third pick, they would end up with a great player that they feel they could just easily incorporate into their system and their roster. So they're happy to to move down to number three. And obviously Atlanta is super excited to be um, number one. And for those of you who may not know, their um, last number one pick was Angel McCautry, who um, after a very long season in Atlanta – ended up going to Las Vegas Aces after she was a free agent and is now in Minnesota with the Minnesota Lynx. So, I mean, when you talk about Angel McCautry, that's someone who is a true vet um, that a lot of players like playing with, a lot of teams probably want and hate going up against. Um, And she's still, you know, fighting for a ring. So, hopefully Atlanta knows what they're doing with this new ownership group. Um, So, yeah. Awesome. So uh, you've got uh, the top draft draft pop prospects. At number one, you've got Ryan Howard, a guard from Kentucky. Number two, Nalissa Smith, power forward from Baylor. Number three, Shakira Austin, a center from Ole Miss. Uh, so I think uh, you said that uh, the that Atlanta will select Ryan Howard first overall. So I want to know a little bit more about your reasoning there. Yes. So there has been a lot of back and forth, I think about who is going to be number one. Is it going to be Ryan? Is it going to be Nalissa? So I just want to start off by saying that when people originally talk about who's going to be first in the draft, I think to me that's communicating that player's draft stock. That when we talk about the top three players, we're talking about the top three people who we believe um, have the most talent, the most offer to any WNBA roster and essentially saying, you know, they're one, two, and three. But I think when you talk about the actual team 
And we see how it was originally Washington at number one, and now it is in in Atlanta's hands who's going to be the number one overall pick. I don't think you can automatically say that it would make sense for that to be the same person. You know what I mean? Like, this is not necessarily the case, but let's say, um, you know, Ryan being a guard. And let's say... Washington really needed a guard. Mm -hmm. Let's say Atlanta now having the number one pick needs a center. It does not make sense for them to pick Ryan Howard, a guard, as their number one pick, even though she might be the best player Mm. between Ryan, Shakira Austin, and Alyssa Smith. So let's just be very clear on that and how fit matters. And I don't think that's an insult to Ryan or any disrespect saying that she's not the overall number one pick. I just think when we are so upset about, you know, teams like Indiana and Dallas who do some weird things with their draft picks, I think if people consider that more about fit and need instead of just the name and whether that player is a generational talent or the best person, I think maybe we would be able to retain more individual players and I think that Indiana seems to be drafting like they think they're an MLB team because in baseball you don't draft based on need you draft based on the best player available so that's an interesting strategy that that Indiana has been kind of carrying for the past couple of years yes so hopefully um they will make a pick that makes sense and so I have so in Ryan going first overall to Atlanta I'm thinking that if I'm Atlanta I'm picking Ryan to provide some height in the shooting guard position whenever they need to go with the big lineup because right now Atlanta does have five guards on the roster but all of those guards are 5'11 and shorter so I think when you look at teams like Chicago who have a lot of tall people, mm-hmm. when they play against us, there will be times where they will need a taller shooting guard. And I think that makes sense to get in Ryan Howard um, in that position. So that's what I'm thinking if I'm Atlanta. Um, even though Tiffany Hayes, a.k.a. Tip, usually plays the two, she's 5'10". So, again, you're still going to need somebody to play the shooting guard role who's a little taller. And because Tip is your vet, I'm assuming she's going to start. It's not uncommon for rookies to come off the bench. So I think Ryan coming off the bench at the two could provide some much-needed energy um, to hold a lead or create one. Because I think Atlanta had a lot of problems last year um, with, you know, keeping leads or getting them. Um, So I think That is a necessary investment. Atlanta has talked a lot about a new culture, you know, following their trade of – in their huge trade of Kennedy Carter in exchange Mm. for L.A.'s Erica Wheeler. So I think, you know, Ryan is a team player from what I've seen with her in Kentucky, and I think she's um, used to putting a team on her back when they really need her. So I think she's absolutely probably the best fit for Atlanta, which means – That, again, I do think that, you know, Nalissa Smith is at the number one for some people and the number two for others. So I think Indiana at number two should go with Nalissa. At first Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, Indiana might pick a center in Shakira Austin because they just traded 
uh, Tierra McCowan to Dallas. However, that doesn't necessarily make sense because yeah. Indiana already has two centers on the roster at 6'4 and 6'10, but they only have three forwards. So I think Nalissa makes the best option for them. Okay. And I see, you know, um, we have a comment on the YouTube saying, well, depends. You don't pass on Michael Jordan because you ha- have Clyde Drexler. That, that, that's fair, but, I, yeah, it definitely depends on the situation, I think. Yeah, and, I mean, again, we've seen it with Indiana. Kaiser was just picked number four, and last year um, Dallas picked – Charlie, who didn't see much playing time with, I think some people will argue she didn't make that much of an impact. And so when you have teams that are constantly picking names based on anything else other than fit for that team, I don't think it's a good decision. So I think it's okay for Nalissa to be at the two with Indiana. Yeah, And those two players had some huge name recognition uh, in the draft uh, before so at number three, what are your thoughts on number three then? Okay, so if Atlanta picks Ryan, which I think is the best choice, and then Indiana with their second pick chooses Nalissa, I think Shakira Austin goes to now D.C., which most people predicted her to do. But again, with the change of Atlanta to D.C., fortunately, I don't think it made that much of a difference in how I probably already had the top three going with Ryan, Alyssa, and then Shakira. But I think um, because Washington has seven people on the roster that can play the forward position and two centers with um, Elizabeth Williams and being able to play the forward, it makes sense for them to take Shakira to kind of relieve some of that pressure from Elizabeth Williams. Um, And again, the fact that you already have seven forwards, you probably want to take a third center Mm -hmm. before you want to take an eighth forward. Right. So just um, for more parity. Yes. And and we've seen injuries, um, especially with DC. So I think last center injuries hit a lot of people, including Chicago. So being able to have, a fully loaded and deep bench is super important. Oh, absolutely. Depth is always good all around. Uh, we have a question saying that uh, why doesn't Chicago have a pick? Uh, so we said earlier that all three uh, picks in three rounds uh, were traded. Uh, so hence why Chicago does not have a pick uh, in this draft. Uh, but uh, say uh, there is a window for the 2023 draft. Uh, is there anybody eligible in that draft class that you have your eye on, Sabria? For, you saying for next year? For next year, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think we're going to get her, but I think everybody is going to be looking for Aaliyah Boston. Oh, yeah. She's going to be t- very coveted. Yeah, and um, even Zaya Cook, when you are hearing a lot about South Carolina and you see what Asia Wilson is doing with Las Vegas and, um, you know, even with – Ty on the Ty Harris um, on the Dallas Wings, and we even got a former Gamecock and Kayla Davis. Yes, so, Kayla. Um, Las Vegas did a move, I think yesterday as well, if not the day before, um, and it looked like what I think is a play for them to get um, Destiny Henderson. So I think paying attention to that, and if they move to Vegas. And, and do well, I think that might influence um, Zaya Cook's draft stock as well, who 
is everywhere when it comes to the NIL deals. Um, and she's been a little um, rocky um, with her play this past season with South Carolina. But if she can really focus and be consistent that senior year, I think we might start hearing a lot about Zaya Cook as well. All right. So just to recap the draft, we have a 108 NCAA draft entrance for a 36 player WNBA draft. And that also includes international players. Uh, so uh, like we mentioned before, not every first rounder uh ended the season uh, in the league. Uh, so there are some pretty tough odds to make an N- a WNBA roster. So uh, plenty of teams already have full rosters heading into training camp. Uh, so uh, just even looking at this draft class, uh, it's it's definitely going to be difficult. Uh, so I'm thinking, um, is roster expansion to like maybe 15 possible? Uh, I do know last week we, uh, we spoke with Candace Dupree on possibly expanding the league. There's like so much talent. There's so much just like fantastic players in this league and not a lot of roster spots uh yeah so being drafted doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna play uh so uh yeah what needs to happen besides obviously expanding the league um okay so I think that league expansion is super important for the growth of the league but I'm a kind of person that I believe in systems clearly and doing things that make sense and being the best that you can be before you add more to your plate. And I think that the WNBA has a lot of work that they need to do um, before you start talking about expansion. So, for example, um, in many seasons past, we've seen teams have a lot of issues um, with Vegas probably being one of the worst. And I think before that, Indiana, where Vegas – had to bus it somewhere because they couldn't get um, a flight. And so if you're talking about sending, you know, someone, I mean, the Sparks already have to go, let's say, Connecticut. I was trying to look up a flight the other day for an L.A. Sparks player from Connecticut, and there were none that were less than, like, a 12-hour Oof. trip with layovers because I don't think there was any direct ones, and there were some that took – Like, you went somewhere on the first day, slept Mm -hmm. somewhere, and then went the rest of the way the other the next day. And so if you're even talking about expanding to Toronto, which a lot of people have, and I think that would be really cool if we can't get people from Vegas and California to Connecticut properly. How on earth are we going to be able to get a team from Toronto to anywhere over here? Heck, yeah. Sky and four. (laughs) Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I actually had dinner with a friend from uh, Toronto last night uh, who's a huge women's basketball fan, a huge Raptors fan. But she was telling me uh, the Rap- or, uh, a Toronto WNBA team would probably likely not play in Scotiabank Arena. They'd probably have to pay play uh, in Mississauga, kind of out in the... The burbs. I don't want to say the sticks. I don't want to offend any uh, Mississaugans uh, listening to this podcast. But it's out there. Like it, it, it's really out there. It's really difficult to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That if say we're having problems shipping play or getting players from yeah uh, L.A. to Connecticut, uh, can you imagine like the mess that there'd probably be at customs? Yeah, having to yeah like th- that would just be like logistically very difficult. Yes. Though Toronto at face value seems like a really cool. Uh, expansion city uh, but uh, I think the league definitely needs to rectify those issues first yes and then once they do that I think they can absolutely start moving forward with the expansion 
Um, but also there to me, um, there's an issue as far as, you know, um, their contracts and making it not even more possible for players, but just the more viable option and the safest option instead of going overseas. Because when you think about how we're asking college players to go, they got through playing in the NCAA tournament last week, some within the last couple of weeks, and the season starts in less than a month. So they're turning right around and going into training camp to learn, to practice, to do workouts and all of that stuff, and their bodies aren't really getting the break the same way a lot of players are Mm. coming from overseas. A lot, you know, just finished with their championships within the last 48 hours, and then they have to come – right back and so you know are we going to be able to address that and then lastly um being able to address a simple solution to me which is looking at the players who are still there now now I'm not saying the league or a team or fans or anyone should pressure any player into early retirement whatsoever and I think this is why people, stakeholders really need to take a look and figure out, you know, what's the best way to do it and what's the best way to frame it and phrase it. But there are a lot of players who have been there for a very long time and there have been some calls on WNBA Twitter, again, who are saying, all right, like, when are you going to leave the league? With, you know, Sue announcing last year, it was possibly going to be her last year and then fans saying one more year, one more year. And what that means for a spot in Seattle, um, the same way with Diana and Phoenix. And mm. Phoenix wasn't even able to get a rookie last year. And, you know, just what does that mean for spaces for potential, you know, draft picks coming in? There was an interesting tweet by uh, uh Former MNBA player Luke Bonner, he said that the WNBA got to be the most challenging league to be a rookie. College ends and you basically walk straight into the WNBA season. Many are still finishing classes, too, while the MNBA gets roughly three months of pre-draft prep and a whole summer to uh, scope out the league. So uh, Lexi Brown, a quote tweeted, saying that she had to take her grad school finals two weeks early. So it's difficult. It really is Uh, a bit of a grind yeah very much so and so hopefully you know while we don't have all the answers hopefully someone gets the answers and we can really make a push um for expansion and hopefully players will start taking a, a page from um legend WNBA legend Simone Augustus's book who you know I think I've talked about on her before she's in practice she's realizing she's not getting up and down the court um, as fast or as as, um, easily as she should um, compared to her teammates. And she was able to go right into an assistant coaching position. So I think even the rule of, you know, allowing or providing teams with an extra or a third assistant coach spot, as long as it's a former player, is the first step in in getting them more opportunities so that the older veterans or the more seasoned veterans don't have to hold on to that spot and they can go directly into something else where they can still, you know, fulfill their need and their love for the game. I think maybe that's the first step in opening some more spaces, you know, 
getting new collective bargaining agreements, mm. figuring out those issues, you know, with travel, um, and then being able to talk expansion. And then maybe we will all be happy because we can all get what we want. Speaking of getting what we want, uh, so this podcast is hosted by the lovely folks at CHGO that offer podcasts and live shows on every team every day with post-game shows, a premium written content for members at allchgo.com, dope merch for all teams, including your Chicago Sky. There's a free shirt when you become a member, <laughs> buy the Sky shirt, and there's also a members-only Discord called the CHGO Lounge where you can talk to us, uh, yell at each other, yell at me. You know you've always wanted to. So anyway, uh, allchgo.com. Please join. Please become a member. We would love to see you up in that Discord. All right. Well, moving on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast called Court of Law. Yay. Gavel bang, 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 bang. I, I know you only bang the gavel like once in a yes. court. But I f- yeah, there you go. Oh, nice. We got the gavel banging like sound effect there. Fantastic. All right. So uh, if you're new to the CHEO Sky podcast, Court of Law is essentially where I will read cases on the docket to Judge Sabria. And Judge Sabria will give her ruling on some of the issues we have here. So our first court a case on the docket, the People versus WNBA All-Star Weekend. So, uh, yeah, there is a tweet posted here from... Alexis Robinson saying that the WNBA All-Star in being in a different city at the same time as the NBA Summer League is tough. Uh, yeah, so shouldn't the leagues work together on that? Why keep competing? So, uh, yeah, uh, WNBA is making it hard to support an event that big for the league. So uh, what is up here? What, what's going on here? So, you know, um, and I had a real-life conversation with um, Alexis in real time when this tweet was made. And she brought up some interesting points. Mm. Um, granted, at first thought, I don't necessarily agree with that. But, you know, this is what Court of Law is about. It's about, you know, reading both positions, thinking through them, getting some feedback from you. And then we can make an informed decision. So, um, she is essentially saying that she does not necessarily agree with WNBA All-Star being in Chicago July 10th through the 12th mm-hmm. while NBA Summer League is happening in Las Vegas. Um, so I think that Chicago is the right idea. Um, first, I will say that I am not necessarily on board with um, blaming the WNBA or expecting the WNBA to do something because the NBA is there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like part of what's great about NBA All-Star Weekend is that it is everywhere. Like, if it wasn't, Chicago would not have gotten it, and I would not have had the great time that I had participating um, in the events for NBA All-Star Weekend. I don't think we should rob cities of that. I mean, actually, outside of this year, so I do think there's a great case to have Chicago here. But outside of this year, I would actually love to see if All-Star Weekend in the WNBA was played in a city that didn't have a WNBA team. So that that way, that would allow people in those markets who don't have a team to actually – 
you know, C players. Um, what do you think about that? I, that's a fantastic idea. I was almost going to bring up uh, Toronto again, but of course, like uh, logistics again, making everything difficult for uh, our international fans. Uh, but who's to say that it's 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 not it's not impossible? But yeah, I would love to see maybe a city like Toronto. Uh, let's see, uh, maybe like Nashville, perhaps. Uh, Milwaukee, I think, would also be a fantastic WNBA city, too. I, I, I know there's definitely interest up there. Uh, they've got a big basketball community. Um, don't no, no Bucks propaganda on this podcast, though. But, no. um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I do know that they're more than willing to support the WNBA up there, though. Yes. And um, one of Alexis's points, which is a great point, is that... There are brands who cover basketball as a whole that will be doing activations or whatever they're doing that requires them to pour a lot of their resources in into NBA Summer League, which is going to be um, in Vegas. And that she's saying that brands will not be able to do both and that it would be um, better if they work together so that they could essentially provide resources, activations, marketing, media coverage, whatever, to both at the same time in one place. Obviously, NBA Summer League is in Las Vegas, um, and I'm sure there are arguments for – because I was to that, I would say, well, why don't you just move – like, why don't you just move Summer League? It's Summer League is way longer. Mm -hmm. The WNBA's All-Star Weekend – is really even a weekend it's like two days yeah it's just a weekend and and so to to that I said to her well I feel like if a brand is using the excuse that they cannot attend or participate in WNBA all-star weekend because NBA summer league is going on that that brand did not have intentions on covering it in the first place and it's not a priority Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think just the, the whole mentality of treating the WNBA like it's a charity is just unfair and just insulting to, to women's sports and the league too. So, Yeah. Which you, you have similar um, thoughts as Jasmine Baker, who said it's just business. If some folks weren't so busy making women's sports seem like a charity all the time, they'd understand the league fumbled shouldn't be working this hard all the time. So you say um, that brands shouldn't treat the WNBA like a charity. It should be a priority and that they should be able to cover both considering the budgets um, and the amount of people that brands have to do both. Whereas, you know, Jasmine essentially says the same thing. It's not a charity, but she thinks that the WNBA fumbled or made a bad decision to have it in Chicago in competition with, the um, NBA Summer League. And again, I just think that it's really um, not a competition. I think, again, people can do both. And there are a lot of people, though, who really only focus on the WNBA. And I think it's unfair to force WNBA fans to, you know, make everything a package deal with the NBA in the interest of forcing NBA fans to kind of accept the WNBA. And while it may be, you know, one part of a business decision, I get it, sure, it's more convenient. But I think a lot of times the WNBA and supporters feel like 
it's a priority to get new fans. And I don't think that's true. I, mm. I don't, I can't imagine. I mean, just looking at the ESPN comments, whenever anybody mentions a WNBA player. It's like get I, in the kitchen or something. I don't it's, want yeah. those people. Yeah. I do not want those people at, at WNBA All-Star Weekend. I want those people far away from me. Exactly. <laughs> and if that's and if they prioritize the NBA, I think we should let them stay where the NBA is, let them do whatever they want to do, and we should start focusing and catering on the WNBA fans that already exist or the people who have potential right. to become WNBA fans, not people who – you know, even see it as a competition and that they have to commit to the NBA at the cost of the WNBA. So yeah. I think it's a great um, choice to have in Chicago. Granted, I could be biased because I'm in Chicago, but I mean, I feel like the Aces shouldn't get everything and they just had All-Star Weekend there last year. So I think they'll be okay. We yeah, do they have All-Star Weekend. We do have breaking draft news. Ryan Howard did go first. Overall, Ooh. <laughs> right. this is a one for one. Sabria, we'll see if the next two. <laughs> Sabria, uh, Nostradamus, Sabria, the number one pick in the 2022 WNBA draft was Ryan Howard uh, to the Atlanta Dream. So hats off to Sabria for calling that. Thank you. Ooh. And that's a great choice from Atlanta from multiple perspectives. Atlanta is probably the most consistent team when it comes to um doing or celebrating the HBCUs and Divine Nine Greeks um just because of how many HBCUs are located in Atlanta and for those who are not familiar that's historically black colleges and universities and the fact that even though um Ryan is from Kentucky and she did not attend an HBCU she is a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated which is um a historically black Greek letter organization and so We've only really seen that with Asia Wilson, who is an, a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She is in Vegas, as well as um, Tiffany Mitchell, who is also an AKA in Indiana. So it's good to see another um, organization represented in the league, and I hope Atlanta has fun with that. And I just – congratulations, Ryan. I, I love that for you, sis. All right. Congratulations to Ryan Howard. Right. Moving on, our next case on the docket, we've got Fox College Hoops versus the WNBA, the one and done rule. So this tweet here from Fox College Hoops says that there's some big time college basketball talent not eligible for this year's WNBA draft due to draft eligibility rules. Should the WNBA change to match the NBA's one and done rule? Uh, so uh, just a brief primer for uh, those of us who may not know, what is the NBA's one and done rule? So um, the NBA's one-and-done rule was originally implemented to prevent athletes from entering the NBA draft straight out of high school, and that rule states that athletes must be at least 19 years old and at least one year removed from the graduation date of their high school class. Mm. So typically, you know, players who want to take advantage of this they go, uh, they commit to a college, they get playing time, practice, um, be able to work out, more name recognition, essentially building their draft stock, and then they declare for the NBA draft. Okay. And so the reason that um, they brought this up is because unlike the NBA, the WNBA 
states that to be draft eligible, um, a player must be at least 22 years old during the calendar year in which the draft is held and either has no remaining college eligibility left or renounces their remaining college eligibility. And I feel like now that I've said this out loud, we may need to do some research about whether this applies or why this doesn't apply, because I don't think this applies internationally, If right? Like Shayla Hill. See, uh, yeah, because uh, I do know that Lee Yuru wasn't allowed to come over until she was at least 20. Yeah. So I guess that right there is um, another issue that maybe the league needs to reconsider to make it fair all around. Um, so they're basically asking, should the WNBA allow players to enter the draft when they are 19 years old and at least one year removed from the graduation of their high school class hmm. um, instead of the current rule, yeah. which is 22 and no remaining eligibility left? or renounces their college eligibility. Because in that graphic, I do see some familiar names. We see Caitlin Clark. We see Aaliyah Boston, Anissa Morrow. Yeah, so lots of uh, interesting names here uh, that are not eligible for 2022. uh, But... uh, to have these extra names, say, in the in the current year's draft, uh, what what implications does does that hold? Um, Well, I mean... I would personally, I would love, um, like I think right now, Anissa Morrow, because I talk about her all the time. Of I course. wish I had my Anissa, uh, Anissa agenda sign. Um, Blue but, demons, baby. You know, if she was eligible to participate in the one and done rule, she could have declared and she'd be on the board right now. Now, I have two problems with that. One, I really want Chicago to be able to play the long game with her and get her when she's eligible so she can remain a hometown hero. But the other thing is, as much as I love Anissa, I think she would do herself um, a favor by staying in college, um, you know, becoming more of a veteran. Because I think in the WNBA, not only are there limited spots, but these are the best players here and across the world. And so I think it would even be unfair to allow a young you know, freshman Anissa Morrow to go up against these veterans in training camp. So I think, yeah, we can't even have this conversation until we have expansion. But even then, that's true. Yeah, I I don't agree. Um, I know when an NBA player called me a few years ago who I went to University of Illinois with, he called me and he said, um, I'm draft eligible, but I also still have a year of eligibility left at school. So should I just get my master's or should I go to the league and I told him I said I think that the more you build your body in college and and develop and play these players I think the better you'll be because a lot of players end up you know going from high school play and what that has like what that does Mm -hmm. with the body and then only one year of college and then when they get to the league and they're getting hit and and bumped up against all these really big older more mature players Mm -hmm. they have a lot of injuries so that person listened to me, and so by that alone, I think I'm going to rule and say that um, the WNBA's draft rules should remain as they are. 
Judge Sabria has spoken. I do remember last week during our conversation with Candace Dupree, one a piece of, of advice that she wanted to give WNBA rookies was to take care of your body. Uh, to just make sure that you are building yourself up, eating right, uh, just treating yourself well. Uh, so that's the reason why uh, the WNBA, pr- pretty much every game is an all-star game. J- there's This league is incredibly stacked with talent. Uh, we got another piece of new- news here. It looks like Nalissa Smith is headed to Indiana. Is that what I said? <laughs> uh, is, is that what you said? I, I think so. I think that that is what you predicted. Let's see here. Oh, you said you said uh, uh, Shakira. Shakira Austin is what you said. Yeah. But but you did say that Nalissa may actually be the best choice, seeing as how Indiana already has two centers on their rosters, uh, but only three forwards. So I, I, I I'm gonna okay. I, I'm gonna give that one. Oh, to you. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 So yes, I said that my first thought was that Indiana would pick Shakira. Only to replace Tierra because I thought oh, yeah. cause I thought people's first mindset would be, okay, well, they just gave away a great center. It would make sense for them to replace her with Shakira. But that didn't actually make sense because Indiana already has two centers outside of Tierra. So even though they traded Tierra, they have a 6'4 and 6'10 center already, but only three forwards. And if they needed a forward, also known as Nalissa. So right now I'm two for two. Um, yeah. And now I'm excited to see who the third pick is to see if I got all of them right. Yeah, the graphic does say Nalissa. So uh, you are two for two. You, you are batting a thousand here. You are you are shooting at 100 uh, percent. So I, I, I love it. I, I, I think uh, I think you're going to go three for three here, Sabria. I think so. I don't I don't know. I hope so. There was a lot I saw with. Oh, wait, she's number three. <laughs> Somebody call me, put me in a front office right now because I just went 100% three for three for the first top three picks in this year's draft. You even got the, the air horn. I love it. Yeah, you you are fantastic. Sorry I, to whoever is listening to this later, and I kind of just accidentally blew your eardrums out, but <laughs> I just need everyone to understand my excitement because literally earlier today, as I was putting my notes together, I called the player, a WNBA player, and I'm like, I need your help. Well, I text her. I said, I need your help. I have a question. And so she jokes like, you always do, because I'm always asking her to learn more. I mean, Candace Dupree talked about it. Like, you know, there's always more to learn. Always, yeah. So I'm like, okay, so here's my thought process. And I'm kind of reading, you know, what my notes were for the first one. And I'm like, okay, so at first I thought Atlanta might, you know, select Nalissa. Um, because they gave away, or I said Ryan because they gave away Kennedy, but that didn't really make sense. Um, because Kennedy was traded for Erica Wheeler, and so right there, that's point guard for point guard. But um, she really said, but you know, you made a great point in saying that Ryan Howard um could be valuable to them as a two because you're right she is taller and even though tip normally plays at the two again she's taller so you might be right and I can't wait to um when we get offset to call her and say I was right thanks for your help (laughs) um so yes my god well congratulations uh hats off to you that that was a fantastic run and uh yeah everything just logically kind of breaks down you analyzed uh, the team's needs uh just who made the most sense uh so really fantastic um analytical chops you got there thank you 
All right. Well, other than that, that pretty much does our show for this week. As always, I'm Janice Scurrio. You may follow me at Scuriosa, spelled S-C-U-R-I-I-O-S-A. Please follow the CHGO Sky Twitter account. We would love for you to do so. That handle is CHGO underscore Sky. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow uh, CHGO Sports. Uh, That handle is CHGO underscore sports. Sabria, any last words you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yes. um, We still have about an hour and a half left in this draft. So please follow me on Twitter at Sabria Whitaker at S-U-B-R-I-A-W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R. Let's continue this draft conversation. um, And also shout out and thank you to everyone who is listening. um, Anyone in the CHGO or all city media family, um, who purchased um, or who donated for uh, the Grow the Game Merch Madness t-shirt. I appreciate every last one of you. And if you're not already tapped in and following Grow the Game, make sure you're following us at Grow the Game W because we have awesome and amazing plans with CHGO Sky and CHGO Sports for this upcoming alleged um, highly anticipated all-star weekend of the WNBA. And we, we got have plans. a lot, yes, a lot of plans, um, a lot of surprises coming up. And you can also visit www.growthegamew.com to purchase your Chicago Sky tickets where a portion of your uh, ticket price will be donated back to Grow the Game. So I look forward to seeing you all and maybe getting some content with the fans um, when we we start playing in, in about four weeks. Yeah, when we start playing in four weeks, uh, we'll be at the games. Like, we would absolutely love to meet you. We'd love to chat with you guys. Uh, so, yeah, we got a question. Uh, will, be, will you be doing pre- and post-games? Uh, the question to that, yes. Yes, we will. Uh, so more uh, to come regarding that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be at the games uh, supporting supporting the Chicago Sky. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic summer. We look forward to sharing that with you all. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Sky in 4. Sky in 4.